Hey, y'all, this is Jordane, just uh, doing a little brief intro. The episode that you're about to hear is a live show, and there was some audio issues when it comes to recording, so if it sounds a little strange, that's why. I hope you can still enjoy the show despite the audio issues, and next time we do a live show, we will try to do it better. Uh, There were issues with the venue and other things, but uh, that's really no excuse. We're going to do better next time. I hope you still enjoy the episode. We had a lot of fun. It was great talking in front of an audience about the film, and I hope that we get to do it again soon. So thanks and enjoy the show. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hi, I'm Jordan Searle. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this is the Bad Romance Podcast Live. Live, oh my God. On a stage. On a stage. Usually we're on your couch. Yes, we are on my couch and I am mixing cocktails that are just mostly tequila and like a little bit of juice. It's every time she's so polite, she always asks like, do you want some tequila? And I'm always like, yes. That's what I'm, I'm here to serve with the tequila. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, this, this, uh... This week's podcast episode, this live show, is about one of the most influential movies that I think I've watched for the podcast. It is the 10-year anniversary of this motion picture. And, and it, is, it is nothing if not a motion picture. Uh, in, in, case, in case you don't know, uh, we are covering all about Steve. Yes, from 2009. All about Steve. What a fantastic film. I was in high school when this film came out, and I did not see it, which is weird. I mean, like, nothing to do in Georgia but go to the movies, but I did not see this film. I think I did see The Unborn that year, so. Yeah, I I was in college at that point, and I did not see it, um, which also feels surprising because I did see Transformers 3 around that time. Wow. <laughs> Dark of the Moon? Yeah. Yeah, that's so upsetting. I watched every Transformers movie this January, like, for a job that I ended up turning down. So that's great. I mean, so glad that I have all that. I feel like that speaks to the economy, right? I mean, that speaks to my work ethic. I work very, very hard. Jordana, if anyone has a job here, Jordan wants it. Oh, yeah, no, I want a everyone's job. job. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working right now. Like, secretly, I'm also working. Yeah. This is, I, I think, I don't know if you've all seen the movie. I hope not. Um, so we're going to well, play. Well, I mean, how many of you have seen the movie? Wow, y'all really came not having seen this I feature feel like, film? I feel like a professor right now. This is really <laughs> exciting. No one did reading. the reading. No one did the reading. I'm really mad. Okay, we need to show the trailer of this wonderful motion picture. Yes. Can we cue that up, please? please? Get the vibe. Feel, soak it up. Drum roll. Eric. Yes. Do you ever stop working long enough to, you know, like go out, go on a date? Oh, uh, well, I have a, a date this evening. Yeah. Steve's mother probably thinks he's gay. 
So my parents are no doubt pimping me out the test of sexuality. Thanks. <laughs> Better get going. I'm gonna fall in love and introduce her at Barnes and Normal. Have a beautiful wedding. Little tiny plastic bride and groom on top of a cake, posing like this. If you ever want to see any grandchildren, you're going to have to burn those damn boots. For Mary. Mayor, your date is here. He's hot. It was love at first sight. Hey, Mary. Let's see. So not gay. For Steve. Oh, wow. Okay. It was not. Yeah. There's a hurricane off the coast of Texas. Can't go to work. I really wish you could be there. This fall. I'm going to go meet Steve at his next job. Yeah, yes, it's a store. She's hitting the road. Stop, please. Who Want to go have tea? And the deeper they get. You can't stay here. But you said. I'm a guy. We say things we don't mean. Well then, how do I know you mean what you're saying now when you said you didn't mean what you said? <laughs> the harder she's trying to win him over. We're married the blind date my parents set me up on. You guys belong together. <laughs> From the producer of Miss Congeniality. From the producer. Second chance to realize. We're gonna take a break. Sure enough, like you to join me. Will Steve be there? Who do you think sent me? Oh. The ones who never fit in. And she sees things that other people don't. And she doesn't pretend to be somebody that she's not. Are the ones who really stand out. <laughs> For anybody. But he'll need to figure it out before it's too late. Sandra Bullock. What? Did somebody fall in the mine? All about Fantastic. Wonderful. You know, people worry Give about... Give it up for that editor for making it look like a movie. Yes. <laughs> they, they knew how to do that. They, they do. Like, we're going to say words, we're going to show an image, and we are not going to let them know what it's like. <laughs> so this film was directed by a man by the name of Phil Trail, who has only directed one of... This was his feature debut, so good for him. Glad that he really got out there. Uh, I mean, he did He did make a name for himself. He truly did. I mean, he only made one more film, which is The Chalet Girl, which, if you don't know what it is, neither do we, but we'll probably do it on this podcast. We will. We will. So, if you like to torture yourself, you could watch it also. <laughs> it was written by um, Kim Barker, who also wrote License to Wed, which will also be on this podcast. So, really, some all License to Wed is something that I've scrolled by a lot. And I it's keep like, on thinking that we should do it, and then I keep on talking myself out of it because absolutely. I don't want to see Robin Williams like that. Yeah, I, exactly. And that's like, that seems so really upsetting. It is. And like, Sandra Bullock, she is fantastic, and I love her, but she wanted to be in this movie. She did. She really wanted to be in this movie, um, which is really interesting. Oh, yeah, this movie came out the same year as The Blind Side, another movie that I have not seen yes. that she apparently won an Oscar for by, I think, doing an impression of 
someone that grew up in my hometown, I think. <laughs> you she actually just, know the woman. She looks like a Georgia mom. mom. She looks exactly like a yeah. Georgia mom. She talks like a Georgia mom, which is why when I saw the trailer, I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, her minivan is doing God's work. So, like. And, you know, then she adopted a black son. So she yeah. really took that role really seriously. Yeah. She did that. Yeah. And, I mean, there's the Oscar. I mean. <laughs> For the reality of it. Yeah. I mean, well, exactly. It, you guys know I like to make fun of, like, angsty white women in Hollywood who, like, adopt black children. It's really funny. Yeah. There's, what am I going to do with my black son? The list is growing. They're, what? Like, they're like, have I been in something that How matters go, recently? How? Maybe I could just post a photo of my child. I, would, I honestly wish that a rich white woman had adopted me. I would love that guilt. Yeah. That Sandra guilt Bullock, and the trust fund. Sandra Bullock would have given you like the best back to school clothes. Sandra Bullock, if you're looking for a black daughter, yeah, I, I am still available. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like, listen, until 35, this is an open situation. Yes, I'm like, 27 years old. I'm still a child in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, this, this movie oh you guys this movie is so this film it, like it's very clear did you feel like she was uh what's her name mary her name, her name wait, is <laughs> oh her name is mary magdalene is her, her name is mary magdalene horowitz like what <laughs> this feels like a weird like jewish christianity joke that i don't want to make I like i don't know what's going on with the i name. think she says in the movie that she's both catholic and jewish but it's unclear like which side yeah yeah and the parents are just like they just seem like they fucking play pool oh yeah those parents seem really like they fuck i mean they, I, they I fuck just, so much they fucked up her sexual situation like, I, was, I, was I was looking at the mom which is played by i believe um beth hurt she or that's just like a generic white woman name either one you really can't tell um she looks great she's got yeah. like nice cleavage she dresses well which is very confusing because her daughter just okay Sandra, okay cinder bullock's character mary she dresses like somebody who auditioned to be in josie and the pussycats oh yeah 100 right and like got rejected and then just like stalked the set like that's her vibe <laughs> She, she won't stop wearing these red boots, which is I felt very attacked looking at them because we've been watching um we've been watching How I Met Your Mother and we've been recapping it on Patreon for all the people who want to go through that torture. Yeah. Um we haven't gotten to it yet, but Ted Mosby has a pair of red boots that he likes to put on sometimes and he feels really sexy in them. Okay, I <laughs> apparently uh Sandra Bullock got two pairs of these red boots. I feel like it's the same boots that Ted Mosby is wearing that she wears in this movie. Yeah, and an interviewer asked, they said, you know, what brand are the boots? And she said, no brand, just $15. I feel like that sums up the whole vibe of the movie. Like, this is, this is, Okay, as you can tell by the trailer, this is a woman who doesn't have a man. So this, by, the, by the time of the release of this film, Sandra Bullock was 45 years old. This is really important. Because the thing yes. is, is that she looks amazing, but she dresses like she's a smooth 24. Yeah. And it just... <laughs> like, and it's like, let, like, what are we doing? 
like it's Who's never... 45 and dressing like 45 is like when you get hot and when you know what your fashion is. Absolutely. She's really letting us and they, don't, they never clarify what age her character is supposed to be. So but it's just this like, weird. Her like, parents are very old and like everybody, people feel bad for her. Like somebody says at some point, isn't it weird that she still lives here? And the parents are just like, we love having her. And that, that sums up the writing depth of the movie. <laughs> They're like, we'll reference that and move it along. <laughs> so she, she's, she's a professional crossword puzzle maker, which I did, uh, I did research. That is a real job. Um, it's a job, but it's, it can't be your only job. I think that's why at the, at the beginning she's like, she does the Sunday crossword. She shows up at the paper and she's like, how about a Monday crossword? Yes. How about more crosswords? And it's because she doesn't have, like, I obviously get it, the freelance struggle, like, one crossword a week. Oh, for sure. It can't, but, like, I take that Why check. doesn't she just, like, write an article? Why does it have to be a crossword? Well, like, what is the article going to be about? You know, like, crosswords. She, she, yeah, she needs the inspiration that Steve brings her. And she doesn't have that until Steve shows up. So, so yeah, it, she does. She says that her apartment is fumigated the entire so she lives with her parents because her apartment is getting fumigated for years. She I mean like but here's the thing, like, if she does one crossword a week, there's no way that she can afford that apartment. So I feel like her parents also pay for that apartment. Absolutely. No, you definitely get a sense that she never was forced to, you know, sprout wings. And also when we go into her room, it's like it looks like a fucking like Light, like the corner of like borders in there. Like there's so much yeah. fucking going on. Like yeah, bookshelves lined fucking everywhere. She's got like a desk in the middle of the room instead of the side of the room. It's very confusing. And also this weird running thing that happens where when she's in her room, she's like talking to herself, which I don't judge. I've done that. I do that. But she does it in a way where it feels like she either has a cat we don't know about <laughs> or like she's she about a, to be in the labyrinth. Like, she I, has a guinea pig. Yeah. They don't cut to the guinea pig a lot, but she's talking to her guinea pig. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the movie, this is on me. The movie was very good, so I missed that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, we were so distracted by the story, the strength of the film. I mean, it kicks off with, you know, the best plot line that we all love, which is her parents setting her up for a date because they want her to get out of the house. Well, like, even, even her boss is like, do you have a date? And she's just like, well, actually, I have one this evening. Yes. <laughs> But she's not excited, you know, because it's mom and dad, hello, and she's four Mom and five. dad who fuck. I would trust them more than, like, her taste. No. And it's, it, right? Like, they seem cool. Like, no, I want to spend more time with them. I feel like with a lot of these movies that I just want to know about the parents, because you know, like, the parents, they have a child that means that they fuck, they have fucked at some point, and that makes them so much more interesting than their kids. They have, they have people who fuck energy. <laughs> like... And my favorite is she wears, so her outfits are just really... She dresses like that so raven. Yes, she does. You know, like, (laughs) Disney Channel original shows, they're like, yeah, leopard print, red vinyl, She's got, like, these, like, like, tie-dye kind of shirts, like, a lot of sleeves, a lot of layers, like, very, like, iCarly chic going on with her. iCarly chic, absolutely. And then she, her hair, her hair... Okay. Her hair. <laughs> so going to back to uh, Josie and the Pussycats, um, when that movie was at its peak, I tried to get a Rachel Lake Cook haircut. 
um, but I don't have the right face shape, and <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. It was it just the flipping of the hair. Did not know what it was doing, and hers is like a long version of that. It's like kind of flipping out, and then there's like a curl over it. And then there's like a bang, which is like why one like it feels like one bang. It's just like a giant bang. Yeah, a giant bang. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you all know. I mean, you saw her. It's uh, really. It's just very unpleasant. Sandra Bullock should not be allowed to no, have she's, bangs. She's awesome and she's gorgeous and she's. Funny and, and why like, would anything that covers her face is yeah. a mess. And also, she blonde is disgusting on her. I'm sorry. And she's upsetting to look at. Her her act of protest um, for this blind date is that she's not going to wear an outfit she likes. She dr- she dresses um, like shit, and then she comes downstairs, and then she sees that it is 2009 Bradley Cooper. <laughs> 2009, like that's like four years out from wedding crashes. What the fuck was Bradley this Cooper like, doing in Yeah, this is like frosted tips. This is like Bradley Cooper dressing as Aaron Carter. Was that like the Hangover? He's like, because he's kind of hot in the Hangover just because he's a dick, but he actually doesn't look good in those movies either. So. No, no, because he just like knows who he is. He just like wears the sunglasses and like yes, I think he has longer hair in the Hangover. Yeah, kind of it's, it's a little shaggy. Bradley right Cooper now. should only be Jackson Maine. Like this is my. That's my opinion. Like, after being a star is born, like, that is the only way that he looks attractive, and he should be that for his entire life. I mean, and, yeah, I mean, and he's just not that into you. I hate his character so much. Like, I, I think he's wearing flip-flops that whole movie, and I just want to get a hammer and just, just jack it oh, feet, you know? Look how much... He looks like finance. Yeah, but, like, he doesn't actually have a finance job. He says he does because he read on a red pill thread that he could get fucked that way. <laughs> so he, so she sees him. Um, and, uh, I, we should mention that there's a decade age difference between them, which is like, usually I'd be like 100% go for a girl, but because she's dressed like she's 24, it feels 35, she's 45, it just doesn't it's work. It's so confusing. <laughs> so she comes down those stairs and she sees him and she goes, she looks at her parents and she's like, oh. And then looks at him and nods and goes back upstairs. So she changes shave. her clothes and like tries to give herself cleavage, which is fun. The soccer book is a beautiful woman, but boobs she does not have. So, so her, what she does is she has a shirt where just like it's down and her bra is just there. Just like she just like pushes it up, like she yeah, like she has like a little mallet under it that's just gonna like whack. <laughs> Make sure yeah. the boobs come uh, back up. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> that first date bliss. All right, gotta get the mallet under the tits. So. Yeah, so, I mean, they're da- they don't even go on a date. No, okay, so they're on their way to the restaurant, and then they are in the car, and it is one of the most upsetting things that I've ever seen, because they get in the car, yeah. and she's so turned on by him, and it's like, she's so horny, and you can tell that she does not masturbate, which is a real problem. No. You can't say, you've been on this earth for no. half your life already. So, like... This she masturbate. This is like a treatise on female sexuality. It's like, no, girl, like, like there's no way that she doesn't masturbate. If she, if the problem is, is that the guinea pig is in the room, take the guinea pig out of the room. Yeah. Yeah, ask your parents if they can watch the guinea pig while you figure some of this shit right. out. Right, because she's just like, she looks at him and she's like looking at his lips, which is weird because Bradley Cooper has very average lips. Right. And she's just like staring at him and he's just like talking 
like he's like talking about the restaurant, and then the camera goes in, and you're supposed to be like, ooh, Bradley ooh. Cooper. He just has like a slightly more attractive like Lance Bass of hair. <laughs> and then there, it starts raining really hard, um, and they're in his truck, and she just like tries to lunge to make out with him, and there's like a headbutt situation. I'm trying to figure out what she says to him. Um, oh my oh, god, that she, she smells his neck. This is very important. What the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> no. We are honestly doing you a service. Like, never actually watch this movie. <laughs> I'm like looking at my notes because, like, I just want to make sure that we've done. She mentions at some point mentioning having liaisons. That she has liaisons. I don't think she like, knows the meaning of that word. It's like you did you? Cause she's just trying very hard to convince someone that she has fucked before, which no yeah. one believes. Um, and they and they like have the most. They have the most uncomfortable. I don't even know if you could call it making out, but there's the exchange of saliva. So <laughs> I think we could call it that. She talks about how sexy crosswords are. Yeah, well, she for loves, a long time. She loves writing crossword puzzles, so she messes up the vibe that she creates by talking about that. And then she talks about how they are two rare elements. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. like, basically the weirdo version of we are two souls just in the world. Yeah, she's like, we're two Meeting weird for the elements. And like, she's like on top of him and he's like, can we make out more? <laughs> and then she says, this, this is very important, she says, I want to eat you like a mountain lion. Okay, to be fair, I feel like I've said that kind of shit before. Um, <laughs> so cool. I don't know, I just, you know, like, you're like, oh, I want to eat you, you know? No? Um, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, she does. <laughs> uh, so she so, so she jumps him, and first he's into it, because he's like, oh yeah, we get the fuck, and I don't even have like, to pay for dinner. Like, yeah, really he's really excited. He's, like, it, Bradley Cooper's face the whole time is just like, okay. He's just like, okay, I guess this is happening. Like, he's just happy to be there. But then when they're trying to fuck, she won't shut the fuck up. Like, the whole, like, and, He's annoyed, I'm annoyed. Like, oh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not happening. Like, it's just like he already is going to fuck you. You have to be quiet. Absolutely. Like, that's one of just be quiet. <laughs> yeah, or like, or, or like have a conversation, but she's like giving him a one-woman show about crossword. Oh, problems. my God, yes. And she's just like mounting him, and then she, like, there's like elbowing going on. It's like uncomfortable. Yeah. She takes his hands and puts them on her breasts. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. Like, she's like, do you know where they are? Like, and it's like, they're very small. Like, they're very... <laughs> I mean, they're both in their underwear, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah. It's like, I don't know. So she just... He gets freaked out, and he gets a call from work. He does not get a call from work. Well, he fakes one. He fakes a call from work. He but, picks up his 2009 flip phone. Yes, and he's like, oh my god, it's so crazy that they're calling me right now. I have to go, like, I have to go, I have to go cover a, a hurricane. And then she's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe we can hang out another time. He's like, yeah, you know. And then he says the thing that kicks off the movie. You know, I wish, you know, that I could have someone on the road with me. But you know, that just that's just not possible. So like I'll see you later, and 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 uh, he says I, I believe that he says you know but you have your job yeah you have your job which is true you have your until, job until the next morning okay so she so she goes home and she is she's very excited she's so inspired by this liaison 
that she writes a crossword about Steve. And the thing I guess is that no one edits her. Like everybody just, like she has no oversight because she writes this crossword, she sends it in, and then they publish it. I kind of think that the newspaper is at fault here for not looking at what she said. Yeah, there's no editorial process because she creates a crossword puzzle and the theme is all about Steve. So it's like Steve's eyes, Steve's lips, what does Steve's neck smell like? And there's my favorite montage of the movie is just going to different people in the city trying to do the crossword puzzle and then they can't get any. like, what is up with this crossword puzzle? (laughs) Steve... But I feel, okay, I feel like in, in, in real life, at least right now in 2019, that would get the newspaper so much traffic and so much readership, they would keep her. Oh, yeah, they probably would have kept they her. Would, like, she would have probably been on Good Morning America. This is the horny woman who made the crossword. <laughs> She'd have, like, a stand-up special on Netflix. Oh, yeah, she would definitely yeah. get a stand-up special. Definitely yeah. before us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get jealous of Sandra Bullock's character. <laughs> Mary. Uh, and it's just like she, so this happens, she loses her job, uh, which I, I feel I mean, like the editor also should lose their job, but whatever. And there's, there's a whole workplace. She's, they should all get fired. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then she's just like, okay, well, she feels like it's her destiny, right? She's like, the clues have been deciphered. Steve wants me to be there. I lost my job because yeah. Steve wants me to be there so she just starts like pitching rides to follow him on the road she does and i i think that um it's important that you guys see uh we have a clip of her when she arrives at where oh yes this is great uh just to show the pathos you know oh Um, yes of course the um the, the announcer guy and he's just like this like very tan 
very like gigantic, kind of like weird looking. I mean, basically Thomas Hayden Church. I mean, yeah, he feels like he's always waiting for a Coke dealer. <laughs> like he's just like that's his energy and he's, <laughs> his whole thing. He's obsessed with. He needs the big story, right? He's very funny in this movie, though. There's a great scene where he's like eulogizing a dead horse, and he's like on screen, and he's just like, oh, the majestic horse, down, cut down, nature, nurture, what's going on? It's like this whole thing, and then the horse just gets up and goes and walks away. <laughs> and they, yeah, and, and uh, Bradley Cooper's like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a trained horse, so, you know. And then, yeah, it's, uh, and Thomas horses. has to try to pretend that he knew and it does not work and it's oh not it's his whole career trajectory is the only thing that feels real in this movie is oh, just yeah. him trying to get a big story his thirst is so real his yeah. thirst is more believable too and he also has this weird um rivalry with samantha b's husband whatever that guy's name is he's in there oh right no yeah. i mean it's, it's, see there's no reaction because nobody knows who because that nobody is like i watched <laughs> the movie and did research and i'm like samantha b's husband Samantha B's husband is the guy Vasquez that he's still talking about. It's very yeah. confusing that his name is Vasquez because that is a white man. Yeah. I don't get. They just gave him a name. Yeah, they were like, this seems like a name that would be in a movie. He's and just like tan. Everybody in this movie is tan. They're just tan white people, like like uncomfortably so, honestly. Yeah, no, there's definitely like I feel like tan mom would be in this movie. Oh, tan mom would definitely. Tan be. mom would. I I um I think that. One thing that's really interesting is Sandra Bullock really believed in this movie. <laughs> and she really thought she really thought that her role that Mary was going to be empowering and I just want to read a quote about Mary um, where she says this isn't a romantic comedy. Why should it be? It's just as loving, funny, and unique without needing her to end up with the guy, and that's the reason I made the film. Why does Mary have to end up with a guy to be a woman? Why can't women have a diverse selection of comedies to play in and make people laugh with? Why do we always end up being the woman who thankfully gets the guy? She could have had Steve. She just didn't want any more of that. If I could do anything in this time of my career, I want to make it easier for other actresses and girls who are growing up to say, quote, I get to be part of a comedy or an action film or romantic comedy or a thriller or just a romance without having to wind up with someone like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I also would not I, want to end I'm up with Bradley it's, Cooper. It's just like, I, it's sad because it's so earnest. No. And, and, and Mary is, I mean, you've only seen short clips, but she truly feels like a woman who I feel like, there's some this is either a, a, a manic episode and she needs friends who are supportive and not enabling or she just really needs to learn boundaries I don't, it's she, very it's, it's extremely very hard, hard to tell it's very hard to tell if she is a dweeb or if she is on the spectrum and I feel like the movie also does not know but she doesn't have really she doesn't understand boundaries she doesn't understand when people don't like her she doesn't understand when she's supposed to stop talking there's a scene where she keeps on doing fun facts on the bus and like everyone's annoyed by her fun facts that the bus driver is like okay we're doing a stop and then only she gets off and then no one else gets off and then they drive the off the bus driver kicks her off <laughs> they just get to the bus and I'm just like cool yeah. yeah I think 
like it's hard because it's not funny enough of a movie for you to just be like, oh, this is wacky. She's doing wild stuff. No, but it's not nuanced enough for you. Like you, I feel guilty not liking her because I'm like, she's not okay. <laughs> like, are you okay, girl? But I, like, I, also, what the hell are you doing? Like, I just also feel like she's lived on the world. Like, I, I feel like this character is supposed to be younger than Sandra Bullock is, but I just like the thing. There's nothing insulting about saying that she looks 45 years old. She's beautiful. She yeah. looks 45. It does not make sense that a 45 year old would not have figured this shit out yet. Like, absolutely. Just, or maybe it does make sense, and it's just really depressing. But they and need our to. <laughs> yes, like they need to add something about that family. <laughs> Us to be on board, and I mean, she's stalking a guy that she made out with once. She's That's stalking what the movie a baby. Is. He has a flip flop. Okay, you don't yes. get to stalk a flip flop. Yeah, this is a movie about a woman stalking a guy that she made out with once, and and Sandra Bullock. A human boat shoe is what she's stalking. Yeah, she she just wants to mount that manic panic blonde hair dye guy. You know, like that. He's just like a walking box of like hair like dye. Fuck on a pile of North Face jackets. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like she, she said she doesn't think Sandra Bullock doesn't think that Mary was a stalker. Um, and Mary is totally a stalker. Mary is hundred percent a stalker. But <laughs> in, yeah, I mean, I was a stalker when I text a dude four times. Like, like I, oh yeah, <laughs> if, if if my friends don't respond to me, I'm like, I is in, are the police coming? Like, <laughs> Um, It'll be like three messages. It'll be like, hey, what's up? And then I don't get her. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, no. Really important. Are we cool? right what's now? Up? Oh, my God. What's up? And she's like, I should definitely follow this guy. <laughs> no, Sandra Bullock said, she goes, uh, regarding Mary being a soccer, she goes, it depends on what side you're looking at it from. Huh. Okay. Okay. She goes, it's not a he said, she said, but she heard society saying, you're not living a normal life. So she started to doubt herself. At the same time, this guy, Bradley Cooper, says, I wish you could be with me, but you have a job. She doesn't think twice about that until she loses her job and says, maybe it's the universe saying that I need to go in that direction. Tone. And she's also like, can we just like nitpick a little bit? Why is she always speaking fucking Spanish? What is that? Oh yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. She speaks Spanish so she much speaks... through the film, and you but... think it's like a corny, annoying thing, and then you find out that she's actually very fluent in Spanish for some. But there's no yeah. So you're <laughs> you're watching it, and this movie is so just cringy that you're like, is this? What's what? Why is why she'll is this be happening? like oh no there, bueno? Like, she'll like, say it just like that. Does Mary as a character think this is funny or like or is there something about her we don't know? Like maybe you know she grew up always speaking Spanish, but it's like no, it's just like I think English, she just like has like Duolingo and knows all the languages. Like yeah. I feel like if we if the movie was longer, she'd just like be speaking Italian or something. There's there's just like bloopers of Mary speaking different languages. <laughs> Um, she, so, when she gets kicked off the bus, she ends up on, uh, uh, she hitches on a truck, and MC Ganey is driving the truck, love MC Ganey, yes, um, and she gets in, and he, he's, like, one of the few people in the movie that, like, realizes something's wrong with her, does not know what it is, but is very respectful of it. He's so worried about her. (laughs) He's so, he's so worried about, he's so concerned. Like, she's hitchhiking with him, and she makes, like, 18 rape jokes. No, yeah, she does say when she gets off the truck, she's like, thank you for not raping me. <laughs> and like, and he's like, hey, it's fine. You don't have to take a ride with me. Like, he's not being He's crazy. not. He's, 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 he's like, nice. 
I feel like his character is just like, okay, this woman, like, something bad will happen to her, so I'm just gonna, like, help her get wherever, right? And she's just like, oh, don't attack me. <laughs> cool. So, it's so bad. Yeah, and she ends up, so... She ends up, like, okay, so there's, like, a... One of these weird, like, mo- I feel like we went with this with um, the one where uh, Jessica Biel gets a nail through her head. Oh, yes. Yes, there's one yes. where Jessica There's a movie Biel- called Accidental Love. We have an episode on it. Uh, Jessica Biel has a nail in her head. So. She has a nail through her head, and then she becomes, like, a healthcare advocate that's also, like, very horny for Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, very topical. <laughs> Medicare for all and Jake Gyllenhaal. Honestly, like, we should just switch them, because I remember that episode, I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal should not be in this. It should be Bradley Cooper. Jake Gyllenhaal should have been in this. Yes. This would have been great. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal would have been a lot better. Oh my god, just Sandra Bullock stalking Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. <laughs> oh. So much of a better movie. <laughs> that would actually go to the Oscars. Uh, but she, she ends up, there's like this protest thing going on with apparently there's this, there's this couple, they're getting divorced, and their child has a third leg. Um... <laughs> So there's like this is a comedy, folks. So so they're trying to decide who, like, which parents' wishes they're going to like honor. So one parent wants the leg taken off. One parent wants the child to keep the leg. And there's like two sides: the pro leg and the anti leg. There's always two sides to a story. And then she goes in the 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 um the pro leg protesters. It's got like. Katie Mixon, who's in like a lot of like Danny McBride stuff and like yeah. American Housewife if you watch ABC. She's very funny. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, so it's like her and um, DJ Qualls, which if you don't remember DJ Qualls, there was a very short brief amount of time where the world wanted him to happen for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was in the same timeline as this movie, so. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It was a couple years before this movie. It's it's a very iconic film called The New Guy, which we will also cover. This is, all of these people Every are going to Every time that we say we're going to cover, cover a movie, it means you shouldn't watch it. Like, <laughs> exactly. 100% do not watch The New Guy. It's just like a bad, like a white kid who gets like bullied and then like somebody like straps rubber tips to him and I'm serious and I'm surprised that I remember that that's true that and like, isn't that just like the origin story of every improviser <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember no. what the like the need for the rubber tips were or what I don't know I mean you know self-soothing right? so I think DJ Qual seems to be like a character that was kind of written to be um, Sandra Bush's alternate love interest, but he's kind of written in a way where he has a secret crush on her, and she just, like, because she does not understand social cues, does not realize it. And he is even younger than Bradley Cooper. Like, this is a child. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> deeply uncomfortable. He's, like, 22 or something, and he's just, like, very obsessed with her. He, there's a, he carves yes, he apple has, like, sculptures. He carves an apple sculpture of her. <laughs> yeah. He has, like, like a little wig bump. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, it's impressive. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, come on. If somebody can sculpt uh, your face out of an apple and they're not a complete creep, you know, go on a date. So she, so she finds her, like, bands of misfits. I kept on thinking about Bubble Boy throughout this movie, which is yeah. technically a rom-com, and we could technically do it, but... I mean, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, it's Bubble Boy. I mean, Bubble Boy might be 
like worse. It's definitely worse than this movie. Yeah, I think we can give ourselves a time. You know, we'll wait. We'll give ourselves a few. We're gonna take some time for Bubble Boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she just like meets up with like people that don't mind that she's weird, and then yeah, that's fantastic. And they're and they're just traveling. And during this time, Bradley Cooper's unpacking what happened, and he. So Bradley Cooper's character, she has no boundaries because she doesn't. She just doesn't. She's a stalker. <laughs> Bradley Cooper is a douchebag who does not know how to speak very clearly. Like, right. he's very bad at, like, well, he, he does not tell her to go away. I don't, okay, <laughs> actually, okay, so I actually, I think that he feels douchey, but I think that he, his character, really doesn't know how to set boundaries. Okay. Um, I love that I'm diving this deep into it. Okay, no, I mean, to defend Bradley Cooper. This is how I justify the fact that I spend time watching this. <laughs> something wrong because he's talking to Ken Dion about it. He's talking to Thomas Hayden Church about it. And then Thomas Hayden Church thinks that it's so hilarious that he oh. just like rolls up on Mary and it's like, Steve wants you here. Steve wants you to follow him. Even if he says no, don't believe it. So, <laughs> Thomas is awful, but I also kind of love it. No. But he's so toxic, but it's so great. <laughs> he's so toxic. And, and part of that is because he thinks he'll get a story out of it. Because he's like, this woman is capable of so much. I can, I might get a big scoop if she keeps stalking him. Which, I mean, he's not a friend, right? So, uh, but I, I just want to say also, uh, Bradley Cooper has this iconic line that says, I can't be held responsible for being a nice guy, right? Yeah. Oh, I love this reaction. Yeah. Thank you. This is not for both. There's a lot of women, and so everyone's just like, yeah, we <laughs> we feel it. <laughs> we feel it. So, I mean, eventually, um, they, they do cross paths again when uh, Bradley Cooper and his team are called to cover this big news story because a group of deaf children fell into a mine. Oh, yeah. Do something like without making it the most heightened version. <laughs> Deaf children in a mine? Deaf children in a mine. So that's why, like, why are they there? <laughs> it's like a whole thing. And this is like the main set piece of the film. Like the rest of the film takes place in this mine with deaf children and like everybody's trying to figure out what are we going to do, how are we going to get the deaf children. Well, yeah, Sandra Bullock, I guess, you know, she finds out because she watches the news, so her and her friends go there so they can find Bradley Cooper again, and when they arrive, all the news crews think that Bradley Cooper and his crew have gotten all the kids, and Sandra Bullock, while running towards Bradley Cooper to give She's him... She's running towards the and there's one small deaf girl still there like and they bond in the mine it's like a little it's a little, a little black deaf girl is down there just yeah. chilling yeah you know and it's so I don't it's so know weird. also we even... forgot to mention Hurricane Lakeisha but like it's fine there's a hurricane for some reason they call it Lakeisha I wonder so why we forgot about that I don't know <laughs> but I felt like that was important because that's just not a name that you would give a hurricane. No. But, but I mean, black people's names are funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this movie triggered the parts of your brain that just repress trauma. Like, it's just like certain parts, I'm like, oh, I forgot that part. <laughs> okay, cool. And I mean, the at, at the mine, eventually. Oh, yeah, Steve is wearing a wig with 
with a like he's wearing a wig and then he's wearing the like nose with sunglasses kind of combo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And while while Sandra Bullock is in the mine with the little girl, Steve like really reflects, you know. Uh, and Steve really thinks about like who is Mary, what does she bring to the world, and he starts to realize what a special, unique woman that she is. Uh, sure. He like literally. It's so I mean, he does, but she, I don't believe she, it. Well, of course not. Like she's stuck underground, and then it's like he's talking to Thomas Hayden Church, and he's just like, you know, she's pretty cool, huh? She's pretty special. I feel like Bradley and, Cooper learned sincerity like three years ago. Oh yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe it. In this movie. No, it feels like he's. <laughs> He's totally just like in a sunglasses ad in this whole movie. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not, but like, there's this whole emotional arc that we're supposed to be on board with after all of the. Where it's just like Mary is totally herself. They always do this with like people. So they'll write these ambiguous, that are like weirdo characters, and you can't tell if they have a disorder, if they have some kind of trauma, if they need medication or whatever. Yes. And then they end with just being like, oh, you know, she's just really special. She's a very special person. It's it all of our hearts. Such a running trope in these movies where I'm just like, okay, yes, we should accept people, but this seems like a weird, toxic way to do this it. This feels like, like there is medication that could help her. Yeah, like it's actually that she's not yet a stigma to pretend that nothing's going on. <laughs> there's like, something going on. Yeah, there's something going on. And and when she comes, you know, above ground and they, they eventually escape, basically Thomas Hayden Church gets his big story because he's there. He like he like goes in to save Mary and then Mary just ends up saving his life and the death girls. Yeah. And then she gets she gets she basically crowd surfs on a bunch of people who are there for some reason. And and Bradley Cooper tells her how special she is. And I, um there's this quote that she says that's really powerful. Um, <laughs> like the entire film. She goes, if you love someone, set him free. If you have to stalk him, he probably wasn't yours. Wow. So glad that she needed this entire journey for that. Also, because she's down there, like, they basically, in the mind, they kind of suggest that she's a savant or something, because, like, she she creates an entire, like, lever and pulley system that, like, catapults them out of the mind. Like, this is yeah. important. Like, it's very weird. It's very weird. It's very impressive. She's the entire movie talking about movie crossword is, puzzles, and then she's just, like, creates a machine. So badly, we have no context. <laughs> And when, and even, okay, all of these shenanigans happen, you're supposed to still care. Even after all of this, while Thomas Hayden Church is reporting on it, another reporter who's jealous of him jumps into the mine so that they could get attention. <laughs> I, I just feel like this is a long ad for therapy. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, there's no just most of my notes are just terrible quotes. Oh, I, I have a quote, though, because this, so this did get 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, and it won uh, two Raspberry Awards, which is Worst Movie Awards. Um, but I want to read you a quote. But also, from, so did The Shining. Anyway, the Shining ran a Raspberry? The, the, the Shining was, um, like, I was nominated for Worst Director and Worst Actress. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, so one of the only positive reviews that I found was from a Christian site um, called Movie Guide. And um, it's, this, it's mostly this woman who writes about whether movies are okay to show to your children. 
And she wrote, quote, it's too bad there are so many obscenities. Most of them are not uttered, however, by Miss Bullock's offbeat, determined, kind-hearted heroine. In fact, this movie may have been her best performance since Miss Congeniality. Although the rendezvous with Steve in the vehicle, a.k.a. the makeout scene, hurts the viewer's sympathy for Mary, the rest of the movie creates a lot of sympathy for her. So she got four stars from this Christian site. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I guess if we think about the Christian films that we've done, which I feel like we, we did Coffee Shop, and yeah. then we did The Spirit of Christmas, which isn't Christian, but it basically is. I mean, it's all about Christmas and family, I mean, and there's no sex, so it's Christian, you know? I mean, Mary, in a sense, <laughs> is like a Christian film character where it's just like, she's weird, there's no understanding as to why she doesn't have sex, she's way too close to her parents, yeah. she doesn't have friends, like... <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's not even, like, one kind of friend, it's just, like, not... She's, she's, well, she has to meet them on the road. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, she... It was, I was thinking about, um, this movie isn't out yet, but I saw it uh, at TIFF, and please don't watch it. Uh, the Lucy in the Sky, the new movie where it's like um, Natalie Portman like sees, she's like in orbit, and then she sees the universe, and then she's so altered that when she comes back to Earth, she's just crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's what this movie feels like to me. Absolutely. It's just like a lot of like... Natalie Portman running around doing a Holly Hunter impression and also like doing like weird chicken jokes talking about how the universe and everything is connected. What's a chicken joke? She, she literally, okay, literally. You said that like we all know. You're like, you know, no. weird chicken joke. In the last, okay, so I, full disclosure, I walked out for like the last three minutes of the movie, but I know what happened. She becomes a beekeeper. It's whatever. She... She's like running through the airport because she's been stalking John Hamm. See, there we have the stalking. She's just that whole movie's never stalking John Hamm. But anyway, I, I, I actually like, love that. But she's, yeah. like, she's like running through, and like John Hamm is with Zazie Beats, and she's like very jealous of that. And she's just like running, and then the police are chasing her, and she you can hear in the voiceover, I know why the chicken crossed the road. <laughs> This happened. I walked out. I, I couldn't deal with bless it. you. I was so upset that she I I mean, honestly, like one of the things that's amazing. That's amazing. This would be a great double feature with Lucy in the Sky because it's the same bullshit, honestly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like I I do I love that Sandra Bullock handled the the way that this flop, she handled it really well. Um, she she totally, you know, she made fun of herself. She went to the Raspberry Awards. Uh, we have the speech, so you guys can watch it with us. Because oh, yeah. I, think, I think it's very charming. She, uh... <laughs> also, the cinematography, though.
No, but this is really wonderful for, for the most important reason, because they said no one went to go see this film, but I know that there's over 700 members here. And if <laughs> I won, that means the majority of the 700 had to have voted, so that means 352, <laughs> right? But see, something tells me you all didn't really watch the film, because I wouldn't be here if you really, really watched it and understood what I was trying to say. So, <laughs> we have um, Team Bullock here, um, who's not very happy with you guys. <laughs> we, we brought everyone in, in, in the audience tonight uh, a DVD of All About Steve. Love her. She's so fantastic. Give it up for her. Yeah. 
not, there's not a single bad Sandra Bullock performance. It just doesn't exist. Like, no. this is a terrible script. This That's not her movie. Role. She didn't write that script. She plays Mary. She did fantastic. She is Mary. I believe her. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she saw the script. She saw who Mary was. And unfortunately, it's not someone we want to watch. You know? It's just, <laughs> she, no. Uh, yeah. Sandra Bullock is great. Bradley Cooper is a boat shoe. Um, he is. <laughs> Together. I mean, okay, that. but like, here's the thing. There's Bradley Cooper and there's Jackson Maine. Those are two different Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Two different entities. I would I would risk it all for Jackson Maine. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, I would just leave dying on the street. I would. Yeah. <laughs> if that happens, oh man. That's going to be a story. No, I hope, I really hope that him and Lady Gaga don't actually get together. That's fucking weird. No, I think it's more fun as a concept than if it well, actually he left his baby mama, I'm just saying. He did. He did. He did. And Twitter blew up. I mean, and, and I mean, everybody was disrespectful to that woman. Like, the entire season, it was just like, oh my god, are him and Gaga gonna... He's got an entire baby mama. Yeah, yeah he has a child with so her. So disrespectful I feel, to her. I feel really bad I'm really her. upset for her. Yeah. Not for him. No. I don't care. And <laughs> for... We, uh, the podcast, we usually recommend an alternative movie that you could watch to whatever movie we cover, um, um, because we don't want you to have to watch these movies, and I yeah. feel like, I mean, the obvious choice here is Miscongeniality, because it's the same producer, it's Sandra Bullock, it's a good movie, it's more in the same wheelhouse than a lot of her other good work. I'm yeah. not gonna. Re- I'm not gonna recommend the Blind Side, which is what she won an Oscar. For. I, yeah, I, I can't believe that she won an Oscar for that. That's so bizarre. I also yeah. have not seen it, but I, I don't care. Me neither. <laughs> I'm not I, gonna recommend this movie I never saw. I, I haven't seen The Help either, but I don't. I don't okay. I think no one should have gotten awards for that. You know, you have to set emotional boundaries for yourself. I, so you found them. I, yeah. I wish people stopped. Yeah. Just stop making movies in general. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thank you for joining us for our live episode of Bad Romance Podcast. Uh, give it up for yourselves. You've been a great audience. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for like three years or something like we're over a hundred episodes at this point yeah oh my gosh it has been almost three years yeah we're at like episode 107 or something like that yeah yeah so if if this is your first time being exposed to us (laughs) uh, we do this every week we do this every week Uh, I'm way more vulgar on the podcast I'm even more I think I only said fuck twice no Um, I mean, last, didn't last week we talked about whether or not Squidward was fuckable? Yes. Okay, because no, I said that SpongeBob is not fuckable. Squidward right. no, can fuck. Squidward would lay it down. He, right? no, 100%. Well, because he reads a lot of books on things. Like, he checks the technique. He watches YouTube videos Squidward on Squidward would have, like, some tantric sex. Like, <laughs> like, he would not text you back, right? <laughs> I, I feel like Spongebob would try to high-five you in bed. Oh, 100, he's totally high-five energy. Yeah. So, <laughs> we digress a lot, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, thank you, and I've been Jordan Searle. I've been Bronwyn Isaac. Drink thank some you. water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.